So hi everyone, this is Benjamin from Sports Tech X. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Mark from the Sports Analytics World Series, a really fascinating series of events in sports and technology all over the world. And I'm super happy to have Mark here today. Uh, so yeah, let's welcome him. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having us on. It's uh, great to get a chance to have a chat. Of course, of course. Have been waiting for it for a while. So uh, very pumped to have you today and ask you some questions about uh, your fabulous event series. Well, yeah, I think it's um, it's something we're really proud of and uh, looking forward to being able to share a few details about it with everyone. Cool. All right. Uh, but first of all, let's start with uh, you as a person. Um, I always like to know uh, who I'm actually talking to. So uh, why don't you share a few insights about uh, where you're coming from, what you've done before and what you're doing now? Yeah, so my, my path to where I am or where I am now with our company and the, the Sports Analytics World Series has been a little bit different. Um, I mean, I've always had a, a personal involvement in sport for a long time. I uh, based here in, in Melbourne in Australia and um, spent a good chunk of my earlier life, first sort of 10 years trying to, to turn rugby union into a professional sport for myself. Uh, couldn't quite make that next jump to turn it into a, a career. So um, settled for falling back onto my university degree. Um, yeah, I come from a, a background uh, in marketing and public relations, actually, originally, um, and have transitioned into a company doing some really cool stuff in, in the event space and, um, and and sports tech space. So it's been a, an exciting journey. I joined the guys at the end of 2016 um, and moved to Melbourne for the job. So it's, it's been a fun few years as we've really grown in the last couple of years. Yeah, and I've been observing that and it seems to get bigger and bigger. Uh, but yeah, for example, I didn't know about your sports background. So that seems to be a good fit to what you've actually done all your life, basically. Yeah, and no, it's it's a trend that's pretty common in our, in our company, which is probably what's driven us to the the interest in um, in the sports tech and sports data space. Um, and the majority of us have a, a fairly hefty sport background, and then a, a number of us also have a have the, have the good fortune of sort of um, you know a data analytics background as well, which really sort of reinforces what the area we're working in. Sounds like a perfect match. So let's jump right away to the uh, Sports Analytics World Series. Uh, maybe you can give us a little overview about what it actually is and uh, where you guys were coming from. So how the idea was born. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially um, what it is now, I'll start with, is uh, so this year we pretty much became the largest single platform um, globally for sports analytics and technology in terms of events and an ecosystem. Um, so this year we had we had six conferences that ran um, in six countries, uh, so Australia, India, Japan, the Netherlands, the UK, and the USA. Um, as kind of a, a general focus, we our, our goal is to develop ecosystems and, and kind of foster open communication in uh, which is what breeds innovation. Um, it's it's an area that we kind of see as. Uh, with sport being so competitive, quite often that open communication is, quite, is lacking. Um, and, and the quickest way to, to innovate and to um, grow is to have open communication. So it's something we really try and uh, bring in with the conferences. Uh, we also introduced, uh, we have events outside of the conferences that kind of reinforce that. Um, anything from um, sports technology startup days that we run, uh, usually the day before or day after a conference. Um, we ran a sports starter training camp that we're going to continue to run, which are two-day training camps. Um, and our first sports tech hackathon, which was actually run, uh, finished up yesterday. So it was on the weekend here in Melbourne. So, uh, yeah, we really try and create a, a full, um, full series, just, uh, not just the conferences. Um, and yeah, from day one, you know, from conferences through the startup day, 
uh, a big focus on the start on startups um, globally as well. Uh, it's something that's important to try and try and uh, really give them the limelight uh, and give them a chance to to uh, get onto the world stage. Um, and that comes from individual conferences right through to to assisting startups from market entry now that we have uh, ecosystems globally uh, and contacts globally. So it's something we, we really enjoy. Um, I guess that's kind of a really quick summary of where, where the series is now. Um, I guess I'll go into a little bit of detail about where it started um, and, and, and what it was uh, in the beginning, uh, which essentially was the year before I started with the company. Um, the guys have started uh, in the event space really running things in finance so um, in data and technology in the finance industry more than anything else uh, but all of them realized with a with a real background and passion for sports that why not do something in sport as well um, yeah. and it was an area that was emerging um, and we're all based our head offices here in Melbourne uh, so it's it's often considered one of the sports capitals of the world so it just made sense um, so they they put together something that was run at KPMG here in, in Melbourne for 250 uh, people back in 2015, uh, 14 actually, no, 2015, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, not that it was treated like a, a joke, but it was kind of, um, it was really popular, but the way they approached it was for fun. It certainly wasn't something they started with this big idea of taking it globally. Um, they'd seen MIT Sloan in the US and realized there was nothing like that else outside of the US. And wanted to run something for for essentially um, passion and enjoyment in that first year, uh, and it really ballooned in the second year to to over six hundred people here in in, in Melbourne. Um, and oh. by the third year, which was which was when I was running the Australian one, we had uh, eleven hundred people in two thousand and seventeen, uh, and twelve hundred and fifty people here in Melbourne in two thousand and eighteen. So it really really expanded, and we've we've managed to take the series global outside of that as well. Um, but yeah, it was really started just for kind of fun um and as a passion project but it's it's turned into something that's really just uh become a bit of a beast and grown globally (laughs) i like these kind of projects where you do something just to have a passion for it just because you think it's a cool idea and all of a sudden uh, it turns out to be something big and i mean you basically doubled uh the number of people attending your events uh over there a year over year so uh seems like there were other people who shared that opinion with you so uh well played well done yeah, I think, I think that's the thing too. It's those passion projects. There's a reason you're passionate about it, and if you're passionate and you're, you know, in that space, chances are other people as well. Uh, pe- other people are as well, um, and you, you tend to put more time and more effort and, and um, enjoy what you're passionate about. So I think it was an easy transition from something fun that you're passionate about to to what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, you guys keep uh, surprising me and I'm sure other people as well by uh, yeah, the, the, the countries you go to, by the elements you add to the conference. So it really feels like it's growing, growing uh, uh, more and more. And yeah, for me, like you also said before, it's uh, probably like the only truly global event in the sports tech space. So I think it's definitely a benchmark for, for other events. Um, and because of the type of the program, the, the more and more elements you add, uh, I would like to ask you uh, about the target group of the events. So um, I went there because I'm in the sports tech space. I'm naturally interested. I'm also especially interested in, in all the startup topics. Um, but who would you say is, is your uh, main target group? Is it all the executives and other people who work in the sports organizations? Is it big brands who want to go into sports or are already in sports? Is it just everyone who's yeah, basically interested? So 
what what are your thoughts on on your target group? Look, it's it, not to be a, a little bit of a cop out answer. It, we, it is really broad. Um, part of that is because of the the, the way we we uh, run three presentation tracks at the conference, and each of those presentation tracks have a really different theme, um, which essentially attracts a different audience for each um, each of those presentation tracks. Uh, but essentially, we we do target the content uh, and the the audience at what would probably be entry to mid-level um, management, whether that be from a, a sports technology company, um, a club from the performance and uh, on-field and off-field side um, through to brands who want to work in the sports space, um, through to startups who, who are any, anything from as broad as health, uh, which really falls into sport anyway, because uh, we focus sport fairly holistically from professional targeted through to um, everyday fitness. Um, you know, I think there's there's a real uh, anything that's working in the professional space often filters down eventually to to your everyday health or, or fitness space, um, and vice versa. There's probably some products in health and fitness that that can still be used or still be activated through into um, into professional as well. So um, it is quite a broad audience, but we are sort of very targeted at, at um, an audience where they're going to learn something that can be taken away and actually used. Um, I mean, there's other conference series that have a real focus on a C-level um, audience, uh, which can be great on, on a piece of paper and it can look fantastic. But in terms of actual getting meaningful takeaways from sessions and learning something on the day, um, I think that kind of uh, focus on the people doing the work, the, the data analysts, the, the performance analysts, the, um, you know, the, the founder of a startup looking to build um, their company is, is kind of where we want to focus our audience. You know, it's... Uh, we have one metric for one interesting metric that I don't know whether many others have in that we kind of judge a successful conference by how much talk there is in the, in the catering and network and exhibiting space. Um, <laughs> and quite often if people are staying in there and chatting, even though there's sessions on, it's actually a good sign um, because that's a really important part of the day as well. Yeah, absolutely. When I, when I was there, it felt like there's a lot of uh, networking and uh, chatting going on in those kind of areas. And uh, yeah, so basically your, your conference, like you said, has uh, is targeted toward a broad audience. So uh, potentially, or I guess most of the people who are listening to this podcast uh, could be could be interested uh, in, in going to your event. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, just because it falls into that sports topic, we not that it's targeted at these people, but even people who are not working in the space, but maybe want to. Um, you know, we, we get to get an audience of uh, particularly those working on the on, you know, maybe for in the data side or in a technology company that's not sport focused, um, but have a passion and an interest in sport. You know, it drives a lot of people. Just the topic of sport in general um, becomes a it becomes interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots of people like to talk about sports and uh, could also imagine to work in sports, actually, based on, on my experience. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, the format of the events. Uh, you already mm -hmm. said that you have uh, three tracks that are running at the same time. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's uh, on the one hand a very good idea because uh, you, you get to choose what interests uh, interests you the most, uh, depending on uh, what your pre personal preferences are. Uh, on the other hand, sometimes you think, oh, I'm missing out. There's so many good talks here. I want to uh, listen to the, that other one as well because it's the same time. But I guess uh, that's nothing uh, I can really complain about. Um, but regarding your events, so if I go to an event in India and I go to another one in North America, would it be the same format? What can I expect? So what kind of content do you, do you present to the, to the attendee? Yeah, I, the format is, stays relatively consistent. Um, 
And and as you mentioned, uh, and we're very aware that you know we we do do have people come up and say you know, you know love the content, love this, but it sometimes you have you know even though you might work in in you know uh, the marketing side, so our presentation track on fans, brands, and engagement would you'd think would be where you'd want to be most of the day, but you might have a big name speaker speaking on sports performance, and you're just interested in that, and it's not in your track, and you mm-hmm. it clashes with something else you want to see, so it does happen. Um, and, and one thing we'll be working towards uh, for, for 2019 is making a, a lot more of it available post-event, so if you do miss something. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, the structure stays pretty much the same. Um, so we run three presentation tracks, uh, one focused on leagues and teams, so it's, it's fairly high level and broad in terms of um, how are current top clubs, leagues, um, and teams using sports technology, using data analytics. Um, so that, that track can kind of cross over into other areas but it's it sort of keeps things a little bit focused there um and then we have fans brands and engagement which is essentially your off field um you know anything from you know we had golden state warriors um, head of digital initiatives talking about what they do in their stadium to try and you know keep the fans entertained um throughout the, the season uh and then we have our our sports data and technology track which quite often is our most popular um and that's essentially where we we get into the the nitty-gritty um, anything from AI through to through to data, so it's um, you know often one of the most interesting tracks uh, and one of the more uh, technically advanced. Um, but then in terms of content, uh, we pretty much, I guess, unashamedly, each set, each uh, country um, will be focused to what that country's interest in. So if you're in India um, at one of our events, chances are a good proportion of it's going to be focused towards cricket. Um, it's it's what's driving that country. It's the sport they're interested in. Uh, it's what they want to hear about, and it's also the sport that's going to have the best chance to use a lot of this. The best doing pro- probably the most interesting things in that space um, because it's the largest. Because it's probably got the most money in India. Um, they're doing the most innovative things. Um, so it's good for even those not involved in the sport to see what the top are doing in order to to understand what they could be doing. Um, and then, you know, we, we had a, a first U.S. conference um, two weeks ago in Dallas, um, which was very much, um, you know, regionally focused, which will be our approach in the USA is running a few regional events. Um, and we had Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys presenting on, on um, performance uh, through to the Texas Rangers with a, a panel on, on how they use analytics. So, um, you know, the teams, the, the content is, is a focused on the country and, and the interest of that country. Um, but essentially all fits under the same uh, presentation themes um, worldwide. Very cool. So people know what to expect whenever they come to an event with sort of a regional or uh, geographical uh, flavor, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And let me know if you go back to Dallas and Dirk Nowitzki commits to show up because then I want to go there as well. Definitely. As, as a German, I have to meet him at some point. We actually, um, we went to a charity event, uh, a Dallas a sport in Dallas charity event after, which was kind of all the heavy hitters in sports in Dallas. Um, and the year before that charity event, Dirk was the, uh, the special guest, but not this year. <laughs> Oh, okay. So if you find out if something comparable happens next year, please let me know. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk a bit about the startup aspect of your conference. As you know, I'm very much interested in uh, what is offered for the startups. You have a competition that is happening at the event as well. So I'm, of course, interested in how you select the startups, what kind of startups are there, and how the, the winners are actually selected. Yeah, so... Um, as I said before, startups has been a big focus from year one for us. Um, you know, us being a, a essentially 
you know, a startup ourselves um, when we first started and and kind of the the understanding that quite often a startup's kind of the, the future of where it's going um, and the, giving them the chance to have uh, have the limelight is important. So the, the competition runs at each event. Um, we refer, we call it the Game Changer Startup Competition. Um, and applications uh, essentially open to anyone, um, not even country specific. So for example, in the USA, the company who won that startup competition just two weeks ago, a company called Blinder, it's actually from New Zealand. Um, they're in the US, they've been, uh, they're in the Stadia Ventures Accelerator program. So they're over in the US for a few months, happened to be there, applied, you know, you don't have to be country specific um, and, and went on to win it. Um, application wise, it really varies, but we usually have anywhere from about 20 to, to about 40 startup applications per event uh, for that competition. Uh, I think in India in our first year, we was the largest we've ever had. We had about 85 startups um, apply in India for the first year. <laughs> um, some of those were very, very early stage startups that were questionable to even call a startup, but separate to that, um, there was probably 30 or 40 very good ones. So um, as a team and a few key advisors, we we narrow that main list down um, to to what is essentially five to eight, depending on on how many good companies are in that in that list. So the, the maximum we, we take is eight. Um, and all eight are given an opportunity to present at the conference. So five minutes uh, with some Q&A with a, with a selected judging panel. Um, and it's free competition. We, we're very much in a, you know, in a space where we're not looking to charge startups. We're not trying to, to make money off them either. It's, it's a, probably the most interesting part of the conference for me. It's where you learn the most, I think, um, about what's coming up. But we, we give those startups who get selected the, the chance to, to do a pitch um, in front of the full audience. Um, and then from that, uh, we, we have selected judges who will change every conference. Um, you know, we, we've had anyone from the former CEO of Chelsea um, through to um, likely when in the USA, we, we had uh, Marquez Colson, who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer uh, for the NFL. Um, I think most running meters are, uh, for New Orleans, um, if my memory serves me correct, not the biggest NFL follower, but um, it does vary uh, in terms of our judges. But they all run off a, a similar criteria about you know um, how innovative, um, whether there's a, a market for it, whether it's got whether it's scalable. Um, pretty basic stuff in terms of when you're thinking about a winner. Um, but we we really pride ourselves on having a quality judging lineup at each event to to make those decisions um, and narrow that down to to a winning startup. Uh, and that startup sort of, I guess, benefits in a number of ways. So we do have a bit of a partnership with KPNG um, in a number of their offices globally. So the winner receives um, usually up to about $10,000 in services from KPMG complimentary. Um, and then on top of that, uh, we, we essentially provide a lot of global access through the World Series. So um, a, a, sponsor, a silver or gold sponsorship to any conference of their choice through to um, essentially a lifetime membership. So whether it's tickets, whether it's speaking spots, whether it's exhibiting, um, we will give them opportunities globally. Um, and as well as offering uh, uh, our form of an advisory service, which is launching next year in the space as well. So it's, a, you know, a, I think, a, a great opportunity for startups to access markets often you don't get the opportunity to do. Um, the best example of that, uh, we had a young company in India in our first year in India in 2017, um, one called Stancebeam. Um, they they essentially building uh, a a smart cricket bat, so a, a little device that can that clips on at the end of your bat, 
um, runs through to a live app and you have, you know, readings like bat speed, bat angle, um, all live. Uh, and you can you know, sit there and bat in the nets. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's a consumer device, so it's not aimed at professionals. Um, you can record everything, set it up and, and go back over your stats. You can work out whether or not, you know, I'm batting bad today. What's how's this compare to when I was batting good last week? Um, things like that, and that's already taken off. And then through the series, we were able to let them present and exhibit in Australia, um, and they've already picked up a number of Australian clients through our partnerships here. So, um, yeah, it's a great way to to get startups into into new markets and markets where they're they're likely to thrive. Yeah, that sounds like a really good offering for the startups. I mean, uh, first of all, they get the exposure at the event, then they get different services, uh, like you just described them, at, plus they get additional exposure at other events. Uh, and that's uh, based on my experience, I think one of the most important things a young startup can have in, in an earlier stage to get exposed to people who could be interested. So um, yeah, the question is, when is when is the next event? If I'm, I'm sure there are some startups listening as well, uh, where, where startups could apply. So on and how do they do they find out um, that the application phase is actually open? Yeah, so uh, we're announcing essentially our global program for next year soon, uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we, mm -hmm. uh, at the moment, um, no applications are open for next year until our dates are locked in for next year. Uh, but we will be having events uh, in seven countries next year, which are confirmed. Um, so that's going through six of them, which are the ones we ran this year. So Australia, India, uh, Japan, the Netherlands, uh, the UK and the USA. Uh, and we'll also be introducing Toronto, so Canada, uh, as, a, as a seventh conference next year. Um, applications will probably be open for all of them um, by mid-December. Um, but in terms of tracking and the announcement of that, um, they can definitely sign up at the website. So www.alanwicksinsport.com. Um, there's just a contact us form down the, uh, sorry, sign up form for the newsletter down the bottom. And we'll announce via that when all the applications open. So it's, as I said, free to apply um, for any of those. Um, and they can sort of follow it through there as well. And then by mid-December, we should have all applications open. The other thing we do, uh, we did at uh, three of the conferences this year, and it'll be at all conferences next year, is, is a startup day. Um, so essentially, it's a day, usually around the day before or the day after. Um, think of it as a, a more intimate and selected way for startups to, to network. Um, sometimes it can be difficult at a 1,200-person you know, conference to find <laughs> the person you want to talk to or even to have an intimate conversation if people are running off to see sessions. Yeah. Um, so usually we have anywhere from 15 to, to 30 startups um, and anywhere from 15 to 30 um, in Australia. We had a bit more than that from both sides. Um, industry, um, that'll vary depending on the country. And you know, the U.S. is a fairly heavy VC um, you know, it's it, there's a lot more there's a lot more money in America. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, so, you know, it, there was a much more stronger stronger audience in terms of in, uh, physical investors. Whereas Australia, there really isn't a VC community here. There's a small amount, um, but it's more about industry. Um, some of the federations, some of the leagues who may have interest in that product, and I know a few people got some contracts out of that as well. So it's um, a great opportunity to have a couple minutes to talk about what you're doing, where you're at. Um, industry jump up and talk about some of the issues they're having at the moment, what they're looking for, um, some, of, some of the solves they're after, some of the solutions they need, um, and just a more intimate way for people to connect. So that runs day after, day before, um, just depending. And again, um, we'll, we announce it when we launch the conferences. So it's another way just to get a, um, a little bit more exposure and potentially some, some better networking. Yeah, and as, as usual, you keep adding more stuff to your events to make them make them even better, even greater. So I'm I'm happy to hear about that startup day, of course. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but for now, like I said, um, we're almost at the end uh, of our interview. Um, I have two more questions left. The first would be, is there anything that we did not cover yet? Anything that you would like to share with us today? Uh, I think that covers the, the majority. I mean, like I said, as you just said a moment ago, it's, it's where something we're continuously building on. Um, we, we have a goal to, to be 10 conferences by 2020. Um, so we'll be seven next year and then hopefully an additional three um, by tw- uh, for the year 2020. Um, and uh, another thing we, you know, I guess where we're trying to add in, obviously we've got the, the Startup Day. Um, this year we hosted the, the Australia Sports Technology Awards um, in Melbourne as well, which was run the night before uh, the conference, uh, which is something mm-hmm. we'll look to introduce in the right market. It won't, certainly won't be introduced at every conference. Um, you know, there's already an awards, for example, in the UK. Um, but in certain markets, that's something that, that we're, we're interested in. We, 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 we think we are sort of at the center of the ecosystem um, in terms of knowing uh, the right people in each of those. So it's something that we, we certainly enjoy celebrating uh, the people who don't get celebrated very often. Um, you know, it's a, you know, we, we work in sport and you watch, you know, teams winning, you watch clubs winning, everything like that. But it's nice to celebrate those behind it. Um, so the awards was yes. a really important inclusion in Australia. Um, but other than that, I think that that covers us um, fairly comprehensively. Very cool. I think we got a very good picture about uh, the Sports Analytics World Series. Uh, like you said before, uh, website is analyticsinsport.com. There you can find all the information about all the conferences. I got one last question. It's more about uh, yourself again to to close that interview. Um, I'm always curious about uh, whether or not uh, my interviewees have a productivity hacks or something that helps them do or manage their everyday work. And um, yeah, if you have one, uh, would be would be cool if you can share it. Yeah, definitely. So mine's, um, I don't know if it's a little bit different, but uh, I... <laughs> I my outside of my regular working life, I'm also a CrossFit coach, um, and sort of have always been in and around fitness. And I guess I don't I, I took it from someone else who's who's heavily involved in the CrossFit space. But um, something referred to in CrossFit is an AMRAP, so as many reps as possible in a specified time. Um, so uh-huh. I tend to break my work up into that. Um, I hate not that I can't, but I don't see the point of multitasking because you're not focusing on anything. Um, so I tend to break mm-hmm. down a day, um, into kind of the important things and give them in a lot of time and I'll, I'll set a stopwatch and I'll only do that task while that watches, while that time is running, um, uh-huh. nothing else. Uh, and then when I stop, I stop, which means I'm going to take a five minute break. I'm not half thinking about that still. It's, it's, I stop. So usually you'll see me at the desk with, with my phone out on a stopwatch and it'll be buzzing with a buzz <laughs> X amount of time that I've allotted to something. Um, and then I'll move on to something else. Um, because I feel like there's not much point getting bogged down and and usually coming back to it later for a a set period of time with a fresh mind is a bit easier. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, I guess it works for you. And um, I'm just wondering, uh, do you also disable like push notifications and everything else that could disturb you or are you fine with them being being on? Uh, I usually, just because our our whole team communicates so much via WhatsApp, I kind of have to leave that one on in case something Uh comes up. Outside of work, I will. Usually when I want to switch off completely, um, uh, by 10 p.m. and no later, I'll, because we work across so many time zones, provided I've got no calls that I know are locked in for a time, um, I'll, I'll switch all notifications off my phone, including phone calls um, from, from a certain time, depending on the day. Because uh-huh. um, with what we do, we're, we're not a large team and it's something we pride ourselves on. We kind of, 
the people you talk to in our company are the people who are running the events and we're also the people who are so passionate about the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also means that with few of us, quite often I'm on calls or I have people calling from the US or the UK or Europe. Um, and unless it's a scheduled call, I will sort of silent my phone because it's quite difficult to, to pull yourself away from work sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I tried to do that as well as, as good as possible. But as you said, some, some calls or some uh, yeah, communication channels have to stay open just, just in case. Correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mark, uh, that's it for today. Thank you very much for those insights. Uh, I'm sure it was also very interesting for the people who are listening to this podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to attend at least one of your events next year. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best for the future. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Mark.